So these readings are from Luke, um, from a few different verses, so I'll just say the, uh, the header when I start. So the first one's from Luke 4, starting at 42. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Chapter 6, starting at verse 6. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man who was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teacher of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Verse 9. Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is, it, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Luke 11:37. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with them. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and the dish but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. Verse 42. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practised the latter without leaving the former undone. How are you all? Are you well? Oh, good. I am pleased. So we are in a series called The Subversive Kingdom of God, which is a very exciting series. We're very excited about it. Um, but if it is your first time here today, or maybe if you haven't been here for the past two weeks, you sadly might not have heard those talks. Well, I've got some very good news for you. The talks are now being recorded, and they are, I know, I know, they're being recorded, and they are on the SoundCloud. The link has been put on Facebook, it's been put on Twitter, and I've also seen it on the e-news. So if you would like to listen to it, it's available in those places. And in your favourite podcast. And in your favourite podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I was going to say, and if you don't have access to any of those, then do talk to Dave, because he, he will be able to send it to you. But if you, if you don't have time to listen to those, don't worry, I'm about to recap very briefly for you. So, you might have heard that Jesus' pet topic is the kingdom. That is, that's what James told us. And of course, it's a little bit more than a pet topic. As the first reading said, um, it's the whole reason that he was sent. So Jesus was sent to deliver the good news of the kingdom of God. Does anybody know how many times Jesus talks about kingdom? Come on. Very good, very good. There you go, someone's listening. And how many times has he mentioned church? Two. Everyone knows that one. Everyone's got that. So it's his favorite topic. It's the thing he talks about more than anything else. And so we are doing this series, and it's lasting um, until, I think, the end of November, actually. Um, and we're splitting it into four separate chunks. So the first chunk is the one that we're doing now. It's Jesus and Empire. We are going to go on to do Stories of the Kingdom. Then we're going to do Meals of the Kingdom, which will be my personal favorite, and not just because I like food. And then we will do uh, Kingdom Prayer. And so that will be our entire series. But for today, we are in that first chunk, Jesus and Empire. 
Now, last week, James spoke on this, and uh, he went for the political kind of agenda, and he did it very well. It was wonderful. Um, so we did the, the political empire of Jesus' day, and it was great. Um, but I'm going to try and separate the political empire and the religious empire of Jesus' day, which is not as easy as it sounds. And this week, we are going to look at the religious empire of Jesus. So... Um, the empires, as I said, they can't be separated out easily as they can today. Today, it would be very easy to talk about politics and religion very separately, whether that's good or bad. I'll let you make your own choice. But it's not so easy for Jesus. So we're going to start with what did the Jews expect of a Messiah? Um, because this will give us a good insight into, into kind of what happened when Jesus turned up and why things went the way they did. So what did the Jews expect? Well, they expected a great human leader. They're expecting um, a human in the line of King David. They're expecting a really strong leader. They are not expecting God to come to earth. So that's really important, and they are expecting a human being. They are expecting him to gather the exiles. So they're expecting all the exiles to be gathered um, for the temple to be restored for Jerusalem to be restored, and Israel to be restored. Now remember that uh, the Jews are under oppression at the moment. They are living in their nation, but they are being oppressed by the Roman Empire. So that is how they're living, and they're often living in great poverty, um, because the, the Romans are taxing them very heavily. So they're living in quite harsh conditions, actually. Um, so they are expecting somebody to come and to restore their land to them. They're expecting a great political leader. We could do with one of those ourselves, but that's a side point. So they are expecting this great political leader and a great military leader. They're expecting this great judge, but they're also expecting somebody that is observant of Jewish commandments and somebody that is really well-versed in Jewish law. So that is what they're expecting. Have we got it? Good. James has got it at least. So then, what did they get? It's a little bit like internet dating, this, isn't it? You know, you're expecting one thing and then, oh. But anyway, bad analogy, bad analogy. Um, so. <laughs> I've, no, I've never done I've never done it. <laughs> it's not John, it's not John. <laughs> so what did they get? Well, they got a baby in a manger, born in absolute poverty. He didn't come to serve the rich. He was born in poverty, and the first people that met him were shepherds. So his incarnation itself is incredibly subvertive. It is just not would have been expected at all. And of course, he's fully human and fully God. This is huge. This was just not, not on the agenda for the Jewish people. Now, in, um, in Luke verse in Luke chapter 2, we actually see Jesus speak with authority in the temple. So maybe there's a little bit there where it's like, maybe this guy could be, could be the Messiah. He's, he's really well versed in the law and he's showing it. We know that. Yet, by, by just two chapters later, we see that, um, that Jesus is actually going against the law. So he's shown he really knows the laws, but he's going against it. And in the readings that we had from Marianne, we saw that he's healing on the Sabbath and that the Pharisees 
really aren't that impressed with it because he should not be working on the Sabbath. And we also saw that he's dining with sinners. We see him dining with sinners continuously, which we'll talk about again in a few weeks' time. But we also see him go for food with a Pharisee, and he doesn't wash himself before eating with them, which is a Jewish regulation. It's just what you have to do. You have to make yourself clean before you eat. But he didn't. And so he opens himself to this criticism. And of course, uh, the Pharise- he, that means that he gets to reply to the Pharisees and say, well, you might clean yourself on the outside, but you are not clean on the inside. So everything he does throughout his ministry has got this like subversive kind of undertone. It's brilliant. But we see again and again in the Gospels that the Jewish people just responded angrily. In Luke 4, um, it starts really well. It starts really well with him talking in the temple, but it ends with, and the people wanted to throw him off a cliff. And they tried to throw him off a cliff, but somehow he snuck away. And then in John 10, in a separate incident, it also ends with, they wanted to stone him, and they wanted him arrested. It's a repeated story. That is how people responded to him. In the, in the last week of Jesus' life, we have Palm Sunday, which is this, you know, Jesus is turning up in Jerusalem on a donkey, and it's, it's this clear kind of imagery of a peaceful kingdom. But what you might not know, and what I didn't know until last week, is that at the start of Passover every year, the Romans would process into Jerusalem on horseback um, as, as a kind of sign of power. And they'd come with arms and all of their weaponry. And it would be this huge display of power and might. And it would be saying, like, right at the start of their festival, it was, yes, you can have your festival, but really we're the ones to be feared. Really we're the ones that have got the power. But here's Jesus coming in at the start of the Passover on a donkey. And he's showing this alternative kingdom. He's showing a peaceful kingdom. But of course, when we're looking at the religious empire of the day, that's not what they wanted from a Messiah. They want a Messiah that's going to overthrow the Romans. They want a Messiah that's more powerful than the Romans. So this peaceful display, it's just, it's not what they'd have expected and it's not what they wanted in a Messiah but it's so subversive from the point of view that we're looking at it now. And then, of course, Jesus dies, as we know. And yes, Jesus died so that we can be reconciled with the Father, but he also dies as an enemy of the empire, an enemy of the religious empire and an enemy of the political empire. So what does this all mean? It's all very interesting, isn't it? I quite quite like history myself. I quite like studying. But what does it mean? Well, if, if Jesus was about bringing in the true kingdom of God, then surely that is also our role. He's brought in this kingdom, and we are a part of that kingdom. That is also what we are called to do. And so Jesus turns up, and he's setting the record straight. He's seeing the agenda of the world and he's going no you've got it wrong and he's seeing the agenda of the religion and going guys you've got it wrong and that is also what we are called to do so my question really to you today is what is it that God is calling you to question about our existing structures whether that be within religion dare I say it 
or whether that be in the political world or anything else. You know, we all have our own things. Individually, none of us can be Jesus, but together we are the body of Christ. And so maybe you have something on your heart today. You know, maybe it's to do with social injustice. Maybe you feel it when you hear about benefits being cut and you know that that means that families can't afford to feed themselves. Maybe that's something that burns within you and you just know you need to do something about it. Maybe it is politics. I mean, we're all furious about politics, but maybe, actually, for you, that's something that's really burning within you. Maybe you need to join a political party. Maybe you need to be lobbying MPs, like, incessantly. But we're each called to something different. Maybe it's to do with um, eco issues. Maybe it's to do with plastic use. But whatever it is that you think you might be called to, I would encourage us all to be chatting about this you know, with coffee afterwards because it's likely that there are groups of us that are all called to the same sort of thing um, and we can actually start to make a real difference in this world. So I would encourage you to really be praying and thinking about that. What is it that God is calling you to bring his kingdom into? What is it that God is calling you to subvert? And it's an exciting calling, so really go with it. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your love and your grace to us. We thank you for your goodness in sending your son. We thank you for his death and resurrection so that we might know you. And God, we pray that you would show us your kingdom. Show us how to live in the way of your kingdom. And Father, lead us into those places where um, we feel that righteous anger. And lead us in, in ways of, of dealing with that and how to subvert these things that might seem really difficult. Yeah, show us all um, what it is to live in the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen.